This is Behold, a VBC podcast. Our goal is to examine biblical truth that will better equip you to behold the glory of the Lord more fully in your daily life. And without further ado, here is the Behold podcast. Well, hello and good day, good morning, good afternoon. If you are listening to wherever you are, wherever you are listening to this from, this is the Behold podcast. My name is Sean. Just before we jump in right now, I just wanted to let you know, give an update. Um, Some of you, a lot of you know our beloved Connie Johnson, and her father has been um, of ailing health recently. He's he's quite old, and he passed early this morning. Um, This is Wednesday, April 26th. And so if you know Connie, I'm sure she would love your prayer and your your support and encouragement. Send her a text to let her know that you're uh, praying for her family. But we are celebrating in one hand and rejoicing that Connie's dad is in the presence of our Savior. Amen. At the same time, we are grieving for, for their family, and so we just want to come around them. So if you know Connie, I'm sure she'd appreciate just a, a call or text from you. Yeah, we, lo- we love you, Connie, and we got your back, and um, whatever you need, let us know. Yep. Now, I'm also joined today by Dan Gillette, as usual. What's up? I'm always here. Sorry about it. <laughs> and Nathan Baird. Nathan Baird, there's something there's something fresh about you. And Uh-oh. it's not the tropical shirt you got on. Oh, there's something else about tropical. it. It is National it's Tropical Bird Day. So that's why I'm wearing that. That can't shirt. be true. It's not. I just made okay. that up. Yeah. You're glowing. I'm glow oh you want, yeah. yeah. I love that face you just made. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Get closer to the mic. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh that's so smooth. So smooth. <laughs> we love we want to hear that. Yeah. We want to hear all the, the, the beautiful oh, qualities man. of okay. your of your uh, for anyone who didn't know, I'm gonna say something. Please don't be offended. Reed has been gaining some weight. Yes, that's true. Oh Apparently not not as much as the doctor would like to see, but oh, <laughs> why is that? Uh, because she is She's moving around she too. She's with She's child. Busy. That's right. We are we've added a ninth uh, baseball player to the team. So we nice. have, we can field an entire baseball team now with my children. Good knowledge. Um so yeah, we are expecting a daughter, a wonderful daughter coming Hallelujah. in October, which is no surprise to us because of our other daughters, which of which I have four. Three of them are in October. Really? Wow. Yeah. So, that's crazy. And none of my boys are in October, so that should tell you something. Wow. I don't, I don't know what it tells I don't know what you. I don't want to think about it, actually. <laughs> wow. yeah, so, I so, still don't know so how babies love, are made, so love, if you guys uh, want to explain that to me <laughs> after the podcast, that'd be great. So I love, I love your... Are you going to cut that? <laughs> I, lo- I, love, uh, I love your prayers, and I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to, to that. So far, things going well. Uh, praise God, the, the pregnancy has been uneventful. Um, which is good. What you want? Which yeah. is what we want. And so, yeah. So pray for Rita, and um, just as our family's looking forward to welcoming this new member into our family. Any any uh, just early pools going on for name? Do we want to? Yeah, we are. We're doing names. Yeah, we're we're, accept, we're accepting entries. It's, yeah. it's Shauna. If actually. you give us gifts of money, that'll put you up in the ranking. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. No, we. Uh, I like. I. I like. Um, Oh, let's see, Jubilee is, is, is in the oh, running. that's fun. It's a year of Jubilee. We like to do a, a Bible name and a musical-ish name. Nice. So Jubilee kind of does both. There's like a, you know, kind of a yeah. that thing. Um, another one I like tambourine. is, what's that? Tambourine. Tambourine. Oh, that'd be good. I like Calliope. Tammy. Calliope. Oh, that's fun. Oh, that's cute. Um, Calliope Sage kind of rolls off the tongue a little bit. Plus it's like CS, like C.S. Lewis. Wow. Um, Have you guys um, always... Named the the baby before the baby comes, or have you w- sometimes waited, or maybe changed like yeah, pulled oh, an audible? Yeah. Uh, the, the the audible the the one that sticks in my mind the most was Naomi. Um, she was our our fifthliest child, and we had names picked out, all written down. We get into the the triage room or whatever it is at the hospital, and suddenly, like I have like a, I'm like I don't like I don't like any of these names. Yeah, yeah. none of these are good. <laughs> yeah, and so. Naomi Grace was what we picked there, cool. and uh, on the spot, on the spot. That's pretty yeah, awesome. And I, you know, it helps that it's my initials NG. That's nice too. Grace is, of course, like a grace note in music. And anyway, so yeah, yeah that was that was on the spot. That was that's audible. cool. Yeah. Now you have so many kids. Do you ever pick a name and then? Forget that you've already named a kid that, and you we almost, we almost did that. Yeah, like Calliope Joy. Oh no, we can't do that. Damn, we've already <laughs> used that. Yeah, there's there's one like uh, my my niece is Winter Hope, and so I'm like, oh Hope, 
we could do something hope and because we're looking for you know if you have a name like Calliope or Jubilee, there's lots of you know consonants and vowels and stuff. And you sure. or pick oh, a shorty. You, got, you need a short one. Yeah. So we're looking for Bible names that are one syllable. That a girl else, you know, no, and people not, can text not in not their, their suggestions. Yeah, sure, go ahead. Text them in. Text. Them. I might not. I might not listen. Watch, read them, but yeah, go ahead and text them. <laughs> wow. Well, congratulations. Yeah, this is really you. exciting. Thank Thank you. You. Also, on the baby topic, any of you Altamonters out there, if you know the Petersons. Rebecca Peterson should be getting induced today. Yay. So All right. They're adding Pray their that. baby Rachel is that oh, one. It's the wonderful. circle of life. You know, we have one 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 brother going to home to be with Jesus and we got some new ones coming mm-hmm. in and it's wonderful. It's just kinda how the how, how life goes, right? Well, that's that's profound. I'm sorry. The family the growing family of God. Yes. Exactly. Wow. On that note. Uh, hey, we are chatting about Jesus today. <laughs> we've been in the book of Luke. Shocker. Yeah, shocker. Um, and yeah, you know, we've just seen uh, a, a unique and helpful, insightful perspective on the life of Jesus, right? So we've seen him go from being born to being raised and as a 12-year-old to then beginning his ministry and journeying through various places and getting kicked out of Nazareth and a lot of stuff going on. And so now things are starting to get turned up for Jesus. The heat is getting turned up is how Charlie phrased it on Sunday at the crossing. And, you know, from the beginning, there is people opposed to what Jesus stood for because he's different. You know, he, he's clearly something is different about this teacher filled with the Holy Spirit, performing miracles, saying things that didn't really jive with their interpretation of the law, didn't jive with things they had put into practice after the law was given. Right. And so now, uh, it's kind of coming to a boiling point and Pharisees and opposers are, I would say scheming is the word. They're beginning to scheme and, and think more seriously, what are we going to do about this Jesus guy? You know, what are we going to do about him? And he gets questioned and he does some things that that they don't agree with. And the point for this discussion today is, um, you know, Jesus in his commitment to his mission, which is his obedience to the father, he received, receiving a lot of opposition you know, from the beginning he, he was, and he's going to a lot more obviously until at least up to the cross. And we know that that extends to us. Jesus says so that to be a follower of him, we're also going to face opposition. Right. And so for us as his followers, you know, what did he do? Because that's our game plan. <laughs> our game plan when the heat gets turned up for us is going to be to look to the savior and do what he did. And so in this example, um, we're just going to look together or Charlie did on Sunday and then we're going to hash out a bit more you know, what's that pattern that that Jesus shows in the face of opposition and hardship? So just to open the floor to uh, the father of nine over here and then Dan, father of three over there, uh, what are some of those first things that you you saw in Jesus' response that stood out to you? Well, yeah, um, before I do that, <laughs> you something you said was really interesting. You said he, Jesus faced opposition up to the cross. And I was thinking about them, like, that's right, after the cross, Jesus can't be opposed anymore because he's the king of everything. But then I realized, wait a second, people still oppose Jesus today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's going to even be relevant to some of the stuff we touch on. Um, and so, you know, Paul mentioned that he share, he suffers that to fill up what's lacking in Christ, not that Jesus lacked anything, but that this opposition will continue. And but the only thing is, instead of doing things to Jesus directly, now it's Jesus's people that have yeah. this. And so, but the question is, if we're not experiencing that, that opposition, then we, sh- maybe we should question, <laughs> yeah. are we, are we distinctive enough to make people furious and, <laughs> and discussing what they might do to us? <laughs> well, honestly, I and mean, I wasn't going to bring this up, but right before the podcast, we had a discussion about language and behavior and kind of just kind of that topic of like, do we emulate the people we're around? And it's kind of the two prongs of that fork of like, on one hand, acting like people might help us relationally get on common ground quicker with them. But then on the other hand, is that a good thing or a bad thing when it comes to demonstrating Christ? Because are we called to be distinctly different from people or not? Anyways, it's kind of something to think about as far as our behavior and what we're doing. and Or what we even what we stand for, right? What, yeah, what do you stand for? How closely How are we aligned with the world versus Jesus and his kingdom, right? And John 15 um, verse 18 says, if the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. Mm. You know, and it goes on to just talk about... Say, I was hated before it was cool to be hated. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and it just makes sense, right? If 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 Jesus was... Jesus and his his ways and his teachings and just his his life and how he lived and loved and 
if everything he was about was so just counter to the status quo, then if we're aligned with him, then we should expect that same treatment. And he, he in John Fertini warns us like, hey, basically, if you are so aligned with the world, if you're if you are in lockstep with them, that means you you're loving the world rather than loving me and my ways. And so it's yeah, it's a good. Before we even get into anything else, it's just that's a good gut check for us, right? Is like, are we are we aligned with Jesus? Yeah, I, I can't remember where I heard this quote recently, but something like, "The world loves the world when it finds it in the church." Wow. If 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 people if God's people are acting like the world, the world has no problem with that. Yeah. And that's a, it's just a, yeah. What's interesting is that Jesus is not intentionally antagonizing the world. See, that's, mm-hmm. that's, I think a great point because there are a lot of churches and movements and, and, and believers that, you know, are part of the evangel- evangelical church in America who it seems like that their mission is to be obnoxious. Like poke, 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 poke the wasp the, nest, yeah, exactly. nest or hit it with a stick. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's, so again, coming back, I think that's, one of the main points of Charlie's message is, hey, let's remember what what Jesus's mission is. And we're going to assume that there will be opposition, but we're not going to go looking for it. Yeah. And and when you're and when we're on mission, I think when we're when we're walking in the way of Jesus, um, how we love each other, how we love our enemies, um, then we have confidence in two ways. One, that we will absolutely run afoul of culture sometimes that's just yeah. and and then secondly so that's a that's a confidence so we should expect that and secondly when that happens it's not because we've done something wrong because we're sticking on mission whereas if we start attaching other little missions side missions or, or you know alternative missions to to jesus's work then we have no confidence that uh, of either of those, we we can't make sure we can't we don't know that we're getting persecuted just for being a jerk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, and that's so good because I think you know we just hit the topic of like, oh, how much are we different than the world? You know, and surely the way that we live just in life is one aspect of that. But I think the more important one, and the one we're going to see modeled in Jesus, is how do we fight our fights? Is that like the world or not? You know, because to be totally clear, there is a mission for sure. And there is a fight for us to fight if we're going to fight for God's truths and for his kingdom. But that fighting looks really different than what the world's fighting looks like, you know, and Jesus so models that right here. Like, I think if, if this exact situation with the Pharisees was like today's political climate or whatever, and Jesus was operating like a lot of our Christian brothers and sisters do, it would look very different, right? Yeah. It'd be totally just fighting head to head and butting heads and trying to get on their level with the conversation or whatever it looks like. But instead, no, he, he does a really different type of fighting that is committed to, again, obedience to the Father and his plan. So how do we do that in our lives is the question. Yeah. Well, I think one of the most remarkable just messages that I got from Sunday was just Jesus's humanity is, is, is really on display because he responded to this pressure in, in ways that, that really we need to respond to as well. Mm-hmm. Right. So in Jesus's incarnation and in him taking on flesh, there were aspects of his godness, aspects of his divinity that he laid aside and so he really he really needed to take hold of the tools that that his father was providing for him so that he could stay on mission so that he wouldn't fold under the pressure right and so th- so charlie talked about holding fast to the promises of scripture you know he talked about um loving mercy and 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 focusing on other people and their suffering right he talked about just his fellowship and guidance that he experienced with with the Father by this by the empowerment of the Spirit. He talked about his um, his strategy and necessity of bringing other people along to support him. Iron sharpening iron, you know, um, having that um, that brotherhood to 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 spur him on, you know. And I don't know, like if Jesus wasn't fully human. <laughs> He wouldn't need to avail himself of those things. Mm, mm. And so in the way he basically, basically in doing what he did, he paved the way for us. 
so that we can just follow in his footsteps. It's like, well, if Jesus in his humanity needed those things, well, then I need those things. And who am I to think that I could be a lone ranger and just (laughs) battle it out on my own? Who am I to think that I could be someone who, who isn't just feasting on his word every day to have spiritual nourishment. Mm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, how could I, how could I expect myself to carry on even one day, even one hour without fellowship and, and communion with my father through prayer? Do you get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. how, how can I expect myself to stay on mission if I don't avail myself of the same things that Jesus did? Yep. Yeah. It's a, it's a, he's a teacher and he's also the perfect pattern of what the new human life looks like. Yeah. And if we, to the degree that we look like him, then we're, that's, we're living that new humanity. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we, Paul uses the phrase a lot, like, if anyone's in Christ, you know, Ephesians, you're in Christ, with Christ, all, all this connection to Christ personally, yeah. um, it, it, that, <laughs> that would not be possible if Christ was not connected to us in some way. And he, by living in his full humanity, um, he, but it's a new humanity, he's called us into that, transformed us through his death and resurrection. So now we participate not in a weird alien life, but a, a, a new human life that still needs God, still needs God's word. Totally. We, you know, Jesus said, man does not live by every bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Yeah. In response to Satan when the devil was tempting him. Totally. And Jesus wasn't saying, I, but, but I don't need that. <laughs> because he was the one being tempted. So obviously the son in his humanity says, I, I need I need to feed on the truth from God's word. And um so uh, and so then we we must also. That's mm. that's a fact. Um I, you know, his Charlie's second point was that um that Jesus responded to this pressure by he, he, point two was antagonizing his opposition by his compassionate display of mercy. And the way I took that was He's, he would have done, he would have healed this guy without the opposition. It wasn't like he changed course. I'll show you. I'll show you. Yeah. This, he was, what he was doing by going ahead with it was, I'm not going to let your opposition distract me from my mission and my purpose. And yet it was also was antagonistic or, or, or pushing back to say, Hey, in light of this compassion and mercy, you need to evaluate your judgment. And I think uh, for me, that's a sign that part of being on mission with Jesus is making sure I'm less concerned with my political opinions and my, you know, um, my my own personal agenda, and I'm deeply committed to loving and caring for people and teach. It's telling them true things. You know, I'm I'm on mission. I, w- I want people to be connected to the life of God. That's the only eternal life that's that's possible. So, but I don't want to. I'm not trying to. You know, uh, I'm not. I don't. I'm not. I'm not trying to make people upset just for the sake of that. I, w- I want to show that I'm connected to the life of Jesus by continuing on, and um, that's going to require that I'm acting in a merciful, loving way. Yeah, and there's something about that, like, like I'm just again, it's hard for me not to to think about like politics when we're talking about this topic because that just seems to be a very public everyday type of arena for opposition that we all see, you know? And I just think about how people respond in contrast to what you're describing. And it's like, I just, I picture the silliness of it. If, if, if it was Jesus and the Pharisees like, you can't heal on the Sabbath. And instead of just doing it and then sitting on truth, he was like, how dare you tell me what rights I do and don't have. And like starting to do this whole thing. And it's just like, man, what a waste of our energy. You know, how much more fruit would the father get from us? If we were just standing upon his truth and his word, like you're saying, you know, being obedient and letting and trusting the fight to him. Right. Well, the yeah. problem, the problem is, and Charlie did a great job of, of underlining this. It's, it's a bad interpretation of God's heart in, in the law. Yeah. It's a misunderstanding of why he, why he, like the spirit of the law, you know, mm-hmm. because in, in verse nine of chapter six, when, when basically the Pharisees were creating a trap, you know, for, for Jesus, like, Ooh, let's see what he does. Is he going to break the law? Yeah. He said he came to, to, to not abolish the law, but to fulfill the law. Like, so is he going to, we can catch him up, you know, we catch him up here. Yeah. And in verse nine, he, he does a very Jesus-y thing to do. You know, he, he asks a great pointed question, you know. Uh, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do harm, to save life or to destroy it? You know, and and, and basically what, what he's saying is, 
you you have in your effort to to go to the letter of every law you you have you have rules to help you keep these laws things that you've made up they're a human invention <laughs> you know and you are completely missing the heart behind the father and 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 what god wants to what his what his um disposition is towards humanity like you are completely missing the mark mm. and it's nonsense but how many times do we do we do that Sean to your point in our in the issues that we we face today we we read something in scripture and we we make some kind of um extra biblical rule or principle or a philosophy based off that and then we end up like married to that mm. and living out of that rather than coming back to okay what's the heart of god like why did he why did he write this in scripture mm. and let me align myself with that rather than some kind of agenda that i created mm. based off that yeah. yeah that's great yeah he, uh, i think that's a great application that we say whatever i mean it's not bad we're you know again politics is the arena that's so contentious right now and so it's an obvious um you know example of how things can get heated but um but instead of allowing that your convictions to create a a desire to attack and see others fail like the are we do we fall in the line with the the pharisees or jesus when we look for ways to attack and make people fail exactly. <laughs> you know? that's a great point. how about instead i can hold to my convictions about you know abortion or you know whatever i think about immigration or whatever i think about whatever but the goal should always be god's compassion and mercy for all people that i even with my the person I'm arguing with, Paul makes it clear we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a spiritual uh, kingdom that Jesus' kingdom naturally bumps into, yeah. and that's going to cause the people who live and experience that other kingdom to res- to attack on behalf of the system right. that they've in, 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 in taken in. But Jesus came for sinners. Jesus came for those people. Sure. So you can't. That's it's you're off mission if you're letting your um, your ideas about how things ought to be steal your heart of mercy and compassion for all people. That's so good. And let's broaden it out a little bit too, because not everybody is, <laughs> not everybody feels like entangled in the world of politics, right? Yeah. Like it could be, it could be some, some conviction or some ideology or philosophy you have about health. Maybe, maybe you're vegan, right? Or, oh, yeah. or may, maybe you, you um, are just, yeah, really careful about, you know, staying physically fit or, or whatever. And you look at someone that doesn't have those same convictions. Is it, you probably built those convictions off of being a good steward of your body and, and, and loving God with, you know, you're, you're, you're a temple and right. But then you see someone that maybe isn't, isn't going up to your same standard. Cause, cause this is what, this is what Jesus is pointing out is basically you're taking something in scripture and then you're, you're building this whole philosophy mm. on the side of it. And then you're, you're really strict with yourself on that, but then you're turning it and using it as a weapon against somebody uh, yeah. else. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? So, so, cause that person may have a different conviction that they found in something in scripture that, that leads them to, to, to live the way out, the, the way they're living. And so it's like, do I look at that person with compassion? Right, it could be it could be some maybe the way that you uh, you lead your family or, or the way that you r- run your household or maybe convictions about what you do with your money or what you you know yeah. what I mean like yeah. so I think this this can be sneaky it can it can kind of seep into every every mm-hmm. little aspect of life and the way that we do it Jesus's way is we just look at people with compassion and we just we 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 err on the side of mercy and. And humility. And humility. and humility. Yeah, exactly. Like, I think, like, how many... We do much- what's right. We do what's good, like, for the situation. Like, Jesus is like, he's like, dude, there's this person in front of me who needs to be healed. Like, <laughs> what, what am I going to... I'm going to check the rule book? No, I'm going to heal. Come this. back tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, sorry. I should cut you off, Sean. No, I'm just going to yeah. say, like, it just go on the humility and mercy thing. Like, how much just 
vitriol and drama and heartache would be saved if we had Jesus's attitude when all these things pop up of just instead of getting all riled and aggressive towards them, instead of just going to the Father, saying, Father, forgive them. They know, they know not what they're doing right now, you know? And Jesus says that when he's in much worse circumstances than mm-hmm. this, right? Or anything mm-hmm. we're going to go through. And yet that's his attitude. And so, yeah, just mercy, grace, compassion towards all. Well, and be a- also like Jesus had the benefit. One of the things that he, that he maintained uh, of, of his godness, or perhaps maybe it was the, um, the power of the spirit working through him is, and I'm actually curious to hear what you guys think, but he could see into the human heart. So he knew what people's motives were and what their thoughts were. Mm-hmm. Do you guys think that was the spirit working in him or was that part of his divinity that he kept in him? Do you know what I mean? What do you guys think? I, th- I think it was, I think it was the spirit. Yeah. Yeah. That makes more sense kind of with the kind of the dual nature. Yeah. yeah. It, anyway. So that's a benefit that we don't always have. The spirit, I think, can reveal s- certain things to us in, in moments and give us discernment, you know? But Jesus seemed to be able to do that. <laughs> he knew, it says like he knew what they were thinking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, so Sean, to your point, um, <laughs> sometimes we, we act as if we know <laughs> mm-hmm. what pe- where people mm-hmm. are coming from and we judge them based oh. off things that are unseen, yeah. right? And so to me, that's the humility part of, of being like, you know what? I don't know where this person is coming from. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know um, what convictions they have. I don't know what hardships they're going through. I don't know what their day's even been like today. So I'm just going to look at them with compassion and and give them mercy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it's, it's, this is maybe a, a bird trail, but or a bear trail. But um, <laughs> I was just having this conversation this last week about judging and intentions, and. Um, so we can only judge actions. We can't judge intentions because we can't see them. We can see someone's intentions by how they act, and especially over time. We call that character. How you act over time, that's your character. It, you, you show that there's something inside motivating you by a pattern of action. But, um, you know, when... when uh, Jesus, but an isolated incident. Isolated incident. So like when Jesus will say things like, you know, uh, take, the spe- uh, take the log out of your own eye before you judge the speck, he cannot possibly mean, take, remove the big intentions in your mind before you start taking away the small intention of someone else. He can only say, hey, brother, I saw you do that or say that thing. I had that same problem I've been working on, but I noticed that if you follow that pattern, it's going to produce blah, blah, blah. Right? And, and, you, and also, you can't, uh, it's not a he said... Or I heard secondhand yeah. that you did the thing. Yeah, I'm, right. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm judging you based on what I've what I've seen. Now, now it's also that could be wrong, right? I may have misinterpreted that, but but I can't. I'm I should not start saying. Well, when you said that, what you meant was this. Totally right. And I I think that we get a lot of uh, trouble about that. And you know, Jesus doesn't do that. Jesus. Um, he he know first of all he knows <laughs> the, the thoughts that these people are thinking, um, and, and he says out of the things like out of the overflow of the heart the mouth speaks. Right. But it's this it's the mouth that that points to the reality. But I'm 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 showing that the words you say tell you what you really are, but I'm not saying I know what your heart is before you say it. Can yeah. I hop on this bear trail with you? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Follow, I, me, follow me on the bear trail. Okay. I think on the bear trail we go. Cuz I think this is beautiful. So cuz I cuz I also I also do believe because I've I've experienced it and I think I think that you know scripture testifies to to it that there there can be these moments where the spirit of God puts something on our heart that I think is revealing something that's unseen. Mm. But I think we have to go in with humility and 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 test it out. Mm-hmm. Right? So I had an experience uh, last week where a, a trusted brother who I know loves me basically has been observing some things in my life over, you know, a period of a long, you know, an extended period of time. And he's been praying about it and just kind of making no, mental notes of it. And he got to this point where he's like, you know, I feel like, the, I feel like God has, re- has revealed some things to me that, that I'm putting together with the things I've seen mm. that I just want to speak into your life and share a concern that I have with you. And, so he's no longer your friend, basically. Yeah, exactly. No, it's cool. So we so we met up for coffee, and we, I, I just was like, I, I I knew I really had to be prayed up before mm. because you guys know this about me. I can be like defense. I can get defensive. I can be sensitive. I, I'm kind of, 
you know, I'm kind of like the only one, Dan. I don't know yeah, what it is. Okay, okay. <laughs> so I was, so I was like, you know, real. I really went in with with like an attitude of like, hey, I want to learn. I want to hear what this brother has to say, and I just I want to, I really want to receive, you know. And the way that he phrased it was just like, hey, I don't know this for sure, but just in prayer as I brought this to the Lord, it's he he's he's been speaking to me about you, and I, I, let's test this out together. So and and he just kind of laid it all out. Here's what I've seen. Here's what I here's the impression that God's put on my heart in prayer, and you put those things together, and you there's a pattern hmm. that I see. And if you keep going down that way, it's going to discredit your ministry. It's going to you know hurt people in your life that that you you know what I mean. Yeah. And um, and the topic was on anger, which was actually kind of um just crazy timing because I spoke that that the next week. Uh, on the Sermon on the Mount, and we did that section in Matthew five on anger. So it was like, okay, God, what are you doing here? You know, like yeah. there was there was some real like synergy with this stuff. And so, I heard the brother out, took some notes, and in the and we we ended. It was a very loving, gracious conversation. And you know, he he was judging me. He was speaking into my life, but I think in an appropriate biblical way, aided by the Spirit, and. So far, it's produced a lot of fruit, even in the in the in the week since, you know. Yeah. So it's just I don't know. Like, I think kind of coming back to 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 the topic for today. Um, do you guys think that that was a good evidence of um, having a merciful, compassionate type of interaction? You know, hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. Because this this friend knows your character, like Nate was just saying. He's seen history. He didn't just see one thing of anger of you and then make a judgment about your heart, right? right? He, I'm sure prayerfully and out of love has been observing and, and is, again, approaching it out of love for you, out of grace mm-hmm. for you. As we just talked about, again, before the podcast of Ephesians 4 of, hey, this is what we do. We don't let corrupting mouth or like just useless things come out of our mouth. Um, instead, we only say what is useful for building up each other. As, as as fits that occasion so that we can give grace to that person. Yeah. And to me, that's an example of them. Yeah, they use judgment to give grace to you, even though they know you might not, might not like it. Yeah. And on the flip side of this whole conversation, just like we can sometimes be too aggressive as it becomes unloving in all these contexts, at the same time, a lot of us can be afraid to stand upon truth with friends or, or with family or whatever it looks like. And that's unloving too, you know, like imagine as parents, if we never were truthful with our children when they need it, like that would not be loving, even though it's uncomfortable sometimes. And so as we parse that out, I think we can get so hung up on like the, 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 the balancing scale of that. Am I too mean? Am I not true, true enough? You know, but I think the litmus test is always going to be, am I just approaching this from a place of love and care for this person? And if you are, I think the Holy Spirit's going to be really kind to guide you through that process. You don't have to figure it out on your own, you know? Well, and, and I think this is a great reconnect back to Charlie's fourth point in the message. Um, so that bear trail comes back. Wow. It's amazing. Full circle. Because here's, here's what I heard you say, Dan, um, and you can c- contradict me if I'm wrong, totally wrong. First of all, I, I just want to commend what that approach when you know someone that you care about is going to talk to you about things that are important, but maybe hard to hear, your your response was, I need to pray. I need to get ready. I need to prepare for that so yeah. that I can respond in a wise, loving way as well. Well, and to commend the brother too, he gave me a heads up. He didn't just kind of come in like and just dump <laughs> hey, it on me. Let's do something together sometime yeah. next week. And <laughs> totally. Like he, he, like, so, so that was cool that I could yeah. gear up for it. Yeah. Sometimes we don't have that luxury. But, sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, but, but what I would say is, so Jesus, at the end of the passage Charlie taught, calls 12 uh, men to be his apostles. He's, he's got a mission and he's starting to share that mission with other people. Looking forward to the day when he will be done with his mission. Uh, as far as his earthly mission, but now those 12 and everyone else is going to take on this new role, his kingdom. And so um, we're not Jesus in that re- regard, but if you if you interpret that to say um, Jesus uh, embraced a community that was helping him in his mission, he, he calls a community of people who will help him in his mission— the mission what, became a commission. The mission became a commission. I was very Baptist of me. But, like. but if we if we will if we will embrace our brothers and sisters in Christ, those who are and let them speak into us, 
if we, instead of saying they're coming to criticize me and tear me down or, you know, to, to show me how I'm wrong, if we instead say these brothers and sisters are helping me on my mission, my, my mission of following Jesus so better. Good. So I, I, the, the wounds of a friend can be trusted. Yeah. Right. That there, if, if, and I think right now in our climate, we're in this kind of, I don't cancel moment, right? Where if, as soon as you say something I don't like, um, I'm cutting you off. You're dead to me. You're dead to me. You're dead to me. Instead, if we don't, if we resist that and say, no, I'm a brother or sister who says something, um, and and maybe I don't even agree with their assessment, but I, but instead of pushing back and trying to deplatform them, (laughs) I say, okay, let me think about that. I'm going to, I'm going to, cause I'm going to take it that you're trying to help me on my mission and from your perspective, that maybe there's something there. I, I've had I've had this interesting experience uh, last f- few months ago where something someone said to me that I don't think was just. I don't think it was true, um, but it actually gave me insight into another situation that was completely unrelated and gave wow. and gave me a, wow. an ability to say, "Huh." And I think part of it was because even in the midst of me saying, "I, I know that what you say is not that's not right." That's there's just. I, I talked to some other brothers and sisters and said, hey, is this... What you do you tested think? it out. I tested it out. Yeah. So there's a, a humility there where I, like, I'm, I could be wrong and I, and I need help to, on my mission. <laughs> so I've got people I trust that I've built up that have proved themselves in different ways, you know, um, to be able to speak. And then they were able to come and, and, and say, yeah, that's, that doesn't seem correct. But then even in that point, it gave me a sensitivity to another situation that came down the pike. And I was able to react in a better way than I probably would have had that situation not come up. Um, so, yeah, so I think it's this, it just kind of points to this value that um, we, we, we can gather people, we can entrust uh, ourselves to people. Jesus was entrusting himself to these 12 in a special way. They then went on to have, we're going to see, have a very close relationship with him. And sometimes they're total knuckleheads, um, as, <laughs> oh are, as are we all, right? Sometimes Jesus gets eye-rollingly frustrated. <laughs> yeah. Um, but... But he he still entrusted himself to them, and later on he's he's going to restore them when they fail. Um, he's not cutting. He's not saying, "Well, that was one time, and now you're done." It's too bad Judas hanged himself. Mm. I, you know, I wonder what would have happened. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what, could, you know, could what, Jesus have, have 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 redeemed him? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, wow. but just I never thought about it. That's good. You know, he said he said woe to woe to the one who. It wasn't like he was cursing him. He was like, "This is going to be really bad for you if you do this." Yeah. And uh, and so anyway, I'll, not a, we can't speculate necessarily about that. But I'm just it wasn't wasn't Jesus's intention to undercut Judas so that he would intentionally fail and then he'd be able to push him away. He the whole point was he was working with these twelve imperfect men who had trusted him and 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 he was now going to hand his mission into their hands going forward. John 15 again. You. Daniel, you quoted earlier, um, you know, I, I don't call you uh, uh, servants anymore. I call you friends because a servant doesn't know what his master's doing, but I've I, everything I've been given by my father, I've made known to you. And so we've been entrusted that same way. And so there's a, a call to entrust other people. And that means being vulnerable. And it means there's some failure possibility. But if we don't do that, we're, we're not following the pattern of Jesus. And I think this is, this is one of the things that really hit home just from the people that I talked to after the service on Sunday, I had a number of people just come up to me and it's like, you know what? I've been dragging my feet on this whole get getting involved uh, with, with community in a group. And VBC groups is not the magic bullet, right? It's not this like, we, we want to be careful that we don't fall into the same trap. The and Pharisees Jesus said, did. join a group. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like we, we don't like that's, that, that's something that we, based on our conviction of, scripture that we've come up with something extra biblical that like, Hey, this really helps us do this. But again, we can't fall into the same trap and making that the, this, does that make sense? Yep. I don't know if that uh, came out that good, but anyway, so, so it's not, it's not like a, a, an end all be all, but it is just, it just makes sense that in those smaller gatherings where there's more opportunity to build relationship, there's more opportunity to be vulnerable. There's more opportunity to, um, to just build that fellowship and trust, you see, you see that kind of support and doing life together type of dynamic. And it was just really cool. There was a couple of people that came up after the service and was like, all right, I got, I've been, I've been avoiding this and mm-hmm. now it's now's the time. So I was like, okay, like let's walk over. Let's go talk to this person. They have a group and you know, I did like some matchmaking. It was pretty cool. 
Um, and I, th- I heard from a couple other staff members that that yeah, same, same other same. things were yeah. happening that way. Yeah, it's a, you know it's tricky too because um, sometimes it's a matter of what do I value more? Do I value these things I'm already doing in my life, or do I value growing in my relationship with God's people? Mm-hmm. And so, uh, <laughs> you know, again, not to be we're not trying to be legalistic or set up these other rules, but you know, if 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 you can't be involved with something because of other things you're involved in. Um, it's a question of what's valuable. Is this going to be? Is this going to be growing me? Like to be like Jesus and trusting with other people? Um, if so, maybe I should change, switch up my my prior my time use. Yeah, you know? man, I'm so glad you said that because one of the things I was thinking about with Jesus's mission, his commitment to that, is just like how much we don't do that, right? <laughs> how much our mission is not God's mission. Oftentimes, even Christians, you know, it's like. I think a lot of us, or most of us even, if you really assess your heart and the things you're yearning after and thinking about and worrying about and building towards all those things, it's usually things like, I want to increase my income. I want to buy a big house in the Tri-Valley and like have retirement security and all those kinds of things. And those are all good things, right? But like for a lot of us, that's way higher on our list in our hearts than fellowship in Christ with people, oh. you know, than, than using our gifts to serve one another, to give God glory, those kinds of things. It just makes me sad, you know? It just makes me sad because, um, like I said, those are good things, you know? It's good to have financial security. It's good for your kids to be in sports three times a week. Whatever your thing is, you're making you have some no time. But is that more important to you than being obedient to God's command? But even besides that, enjoying the fruit of life alongside mm-hmm. brothers and sisters yeah, in Christ, amen. you know? It's not just do this command. It's like, this will make your life better. It really will. And to be clear, like... Again, like Dan said, groups aren't the one thing, you know, but I think just ask yourself, am I, I love that phrase doing life. Am I doing life with people who love Jesus and will keep, help me keep my, keep my eyes fixed upon him. If you can confidently say yes to that and you're not in a group, more power to you. you Yeah, totally. I think sometimes too, it's probably a combination sometimes of we have to reprioritize and we got to make some sacrifices that might be tough. But also I think there there's a there's a creativity that sometimes is lacking mm. when it comes yeah. to our schedules. So you so I've got I've got um so I have a I have a, a VBC group that meets at my house and we just do once a month. We do once a month. And would it be better if it was more often? Maybe, probably. But once a month gives everybody in that group a touch point that really kind of it's it like um, it's a springboard to mm. so many other things. Mm. Uh, whether it's just a phone call, a text, hey, <laughs> someone's going through. So, there's some, there's a couple in our group that is going through a really uh, hard family crisis, and for them to be able to share on the off weeks with mm. the group and know that they're being supported in prayer, mm. even just to to be able to walk into the auditorium on Sunday morning and be like, hey, I know those people over there. You know, even if you don't go sit by them, but just to just to know them, talk to them, to 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 have that touch point. So to me, that's an example of some creativity. Uh, I'm also not in a men's group. Um, I I know that that would be super beneficial to like have brothers that they're like sharpening me and and spurring me on and stuff like that. But there's a lot of different touch points I have with with men throughout the week. Like so, after the podcast today, actually, I'm calling up Andrew Carter, and we're we're memorizing scripture together and encouraging each other. We talk from the phone for maybe thirty minutes, forty five minutes every week, and it's amazing how that is what what fruit that produces mm. in us. Yeah. So sometimes you know, it, sometimes your life it just really is such that you can't be in groups like you want to be in groups, yeah. but but. Is there other ways that you can be creative? Well, and I and I like the idea of creativity because, you know, what's that phrase? Uh, necessity is the mother of invention. Yeah, right. We have we have this need, but the need um, is driving something that can overcome obstacles. Mm. So the op- the obstacles we're more concerned with with this achieving this beautiful thing than we are about the obstacles that keep us from achieving it. That's and, good. and we'll come with ways to get around it. But I, I, what I what I loved as you were sharing, Dan, was that the goal is affection and and brotherly love, right? For the, the, the family that's going through the difficult thing. Those touch points are not just, okay, I got to check my box and have some positive interactions with people in a group. Sure, sure, it's, sure. It's, a, oh, and 
in being in this group, we're growing affection for each other. It's back to the idea that what was motivating Jesus in this story about the healing is compassion and mercy for this. His mission is to bring healing into the world through himself. The, the kingdom of heaven is being preached and and the fa- the year of the Lord's favor is being enacted, right? And so um, he, that's his mission. He's acting compassionately. And so in, in our same way, if our goal is to live like Jesus, enacting compassion, mercy, healing in the world, that happens through relationships, and we have to find places to develop and grow those relationships, or we don't get to show. It's, you can't be compassionate and merciful in an empty auditorium, right? <laughs> exactly. You can't be out in the desert. You can't be merciful and compassionate. You have yeah. to find people to be to enact mercy and compassion toward, and you can't just drop the compassion bomb and say, oh, I was compassionate today. See you later. <laughs> it's, it's It gets... You're, you're enhanced. You got to get in there with people. Yeah, you, you enhance it. The more yeah. and longer, the more time you're in. You know, I, I think that, um, you know, in Paul's context, when he's saying in like Romans 12 to, to, to grow in, in brotherly affection for one another, he's not imagining a world where we have cars and drive all over the place. And, you know, I was in this church for a while and then I'm off and I don't mm-hmm. talk to those people ever again. He's envisioning a place where people lived in the same place for long, 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 you know, for all their life. Yeah. They knew their community, they knew their neighborhoods. And they would come over, and and so I think we have to have that same attitude of I, I'm I'm invested, I'm in I'm growing so that so that my mercy, compassion, and healing ministry that I share with Jesus is be, has a place to be seen. Like back yeah. to that idea of v- making it visible in the world by what right. I do. In our modern moment that we're in right now, and the geographical setup, and just the commuter culture, most of us drive to work. You know, most of us. Uh, work eight or more hours a day, right? And so those are obstacles to the thing, but the thing is bigger than those obstacles, you know? Absolutely. And so, yeah. and and then I think also, I mean, there's like, there's a radical nature to these things that Jesus is modeling for us. The mission is, is not just some, eh, like kind of <laughs> throw away meh mission. Hobby. <laughs> no, this, this is like, this is a radical swimming upstream, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I don't know, like maybe like, I, I think for us, we choose to have less in the Tri-Valley, smaller house, less fancy cars, you know, go on vacation less. We choose to have less so that we can be near the people that we are ministering to. Yep. Right. I could have more if I lived in Tracy. Or if I lived in Modesto or Manteca, you know, I could, I could, I could live better, quote unquote. But then I, w- how would I? Do you know what I mean? Like, how would I do? How would I be faithful? There's already enough obstacles living in Livermore. You know what I mean? Like, so sometimes we have to do some things that that are a little bit different and countercultural, and they hurt a little bit to get to to be faithful to these things. Well, I think on that point, like. Just to be clear, it's not like woe is us living in like poor Tri Valley. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, we, yeah. We love we love our lives here, but to me, what I see in that is just God's abundant provision for those who are willing to sacrifice for the benefit of His kingdom. You know, right. all three of us have unique housing situations that God has so faithfully provided for us that allow us to do that. Totally, it's like we just sacrificed. It's like God was so kind to allow that for us. And I think, yeah, it's a little bit specific to us with ministry and context and whatnot, but his promises and his faithfulness extend to every single one of his sons and daughters, right? So like there's things in your life, 1000%, that if you are obedient to what God's asking you, he will faithfully provide to you, period. Maybe not exactly the way that I'm thinking of, the way you're thinking of, but he will. And so you can have a certain confidence and just not have fear about things on that end, you know? Amen. Good. Well, I think, I mean. That's a lot. I guess yeah. the last thing I'll say, and then we'll just end it, okay. is as as we talk about that picture of people coming together and, and Paul, how he's writing about what church should look like or gatherings should look like, I just think about, man, it's like, it just makes me sad. Those of us who come, drive to church, jet out, the second service ends, and that's it. They just consume, they don't connect. It makes me sad for them, not for, not for us. It's like, it makes me sad for them because... You just, you see what the early church looked like and just the value placed upon this coming together. And again, it's like they were like walking across town to someone's house. It's not like they were driving 10 minutes, you know? And to me, it's like, man, being with God's people who you know you have a kind of unity with that you will never have anywhere else should be the highlight of our weeks, you know? But too often, and I'm guilty of this, too often Sunday becomes like, 
our Sunday hurdle to like get over and do our ministry duties and then rest after. Right. But no, like this should be the the most life giving part of your week to be able to worship with God's people together. And so that's not you then, Hey, I'm praying for you, but also just do some digging. Why is that? You know, what are the things that are making you feel that way? My guess is maybe you're not really connecting with people. Mm. And so you're not seeing that value and that worth of, of being with God's people on Sundays and so if that's you, hey, come talk to us, come grab a leader, and we'd love to fix that. Well, and and or maybe <laughs> maybe yeah, there's all kinds of reasons, and I, I think it's great explore explore them because the whole heart of all this is again we're not saying let's put on new rules on you like the Pharisees were trying to do to keep whatever rule they thought they were keeping, um, but it's a heart issue. What's 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 uh, Jesus was had a love for his father and for the, the people that he came to rescue. We, we have to have the same love for God's people. And um, if it's not there, the answer isn't force yourself. <laughs> it's, it's have, I been, have I received the love and care of God through Christ? And have I, have I uh, been brought into his family? If so, what's the, what's the logical response to, to receiving that kind of love and care? Um, is it enough to get you to outside? If you're an introvert, is it enough to get you outside a little bit? If you're an extrovert, is it enough for you to calm down to give to be kind to an introverted brother or sister mm-hmm. and not expect them to be like you? Yeah, is it enough to do that? And I think the answer is yes. <laughs> totally, that's good. Man. Thanks for listening, guys. Um, anything going on, fellas, in the life of the church that we want to just remind people of before we sign off? Yeah, well, for sure. I think just next week, um, next Thursday is the National Day of Prayer. Hopefully, you've seen some of those announcements about that. And we just want to encourage you, you know, this may be, this maybe this is one of those opportunities where you can sacrifice a thing in your week or some time just to come together and pray, you know, and we expect some things out of this. We expect personal benefit in terms of just your health and your intimacy with the Lord. We expect benefit to our church family um, as we gather together and experience unity and worship and prayer support with one another and that whole thing. But also we expect uh, the advancement of God's kingdom throughout our nation, you know, as we and churches all over the country pray for America and for salvation and for a lot of different aspects of that, uh, we trust that, that there's power in that prayer, right? And that God is going to be faithful to his plan. And again, maybe it's not exactly how we picture it, but we can trust that God is working uh, perfectly. Amen? Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And, and I mean, put something out there, talk about radical. When was the last time you ever took a day off of work to pray, right? Most of us have PTO. And could you take a half day? Could you take uh, an extended lunch? Could you could you take the day off of work and and come come pray? The the building at, at the Pleasanton campus is going to be open all day for prayer, and then at the, the lunchtime hour at noon, we're all going to gather gather down there and have a time of corporate prayer with some worship, and um, it, it'll be a sweet time. And then in the evening, we we're, we're gathering together for an abide night of prayer and worship starting at seven. So, so come be there. Also men's retreat is coming up this week. So you're probably listening, you know, maybe it's, I don't know, depending on when you're listening, it's tomorrow. It's, it could be tomorrow, <laughs> but honestly, I say it's not too late. Just come down. Cause we're going to be meeting at the, at the church at the Pleasanton campus and come down Saturday, uh, Friday night, all day Saturday and uh, come fellowship with us. You're it's one of your favorite guys. Is it coming. is David Ekman. Oh, yeah. so great. Looking forward to it. Yeah, am I'll I, be there. Am I one Me of your too. favorite guys too? You're, my, you're also one of my favorite guys, uh, Sean. Dan, you're up there too. Yeah. Wow. All right, guys. Love you dearly. See you uh, this weekend if you're a man. See you Sunday if you're anybody. And see you next week if you like prayer. <laughs> okay. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes of Behold. If you would like more information about Valley Bible Church, or if you'd like resources from this episode go ahead and check out vbc.online forward slash behold. Catch you guys next week.